I think he's going to be very motivated. I think that's the tangible. Can't be more. Did you play running back? I in, did. in the CIS. You do you not? Do you, 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 know, you get more motivated in a playoff game. What else? You get? What do you get? You tie your shoes up tighter. You don't. You don't think after? I hate when people say that. You, I'm going to get more motivated. This is going to. This is going to motivate them. If it's a playoff game, there's no motivation. Nothing changes. What are you going to do? You are now listening to the Waggle the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. It is the Waggle Podcast, and we've got a West preview for you. And I think between the two games, the intriguing storylines, forget about just the football play, the narratives are all in the West. I'm Donovan Bennett. I am joined by Davis Sanchez. And this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips. Each and every week, it's brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips. Known for their Sport Clips MVP haircut experience, massaging shampoos, hot steam towels, sports on TV like hockey, baseball, basketball, and that's right, football, oh, and the legendary haircuts. You can now book your appointment online at sportclips.ca. That's right, sportclips.ca. It's not only brought to us by Sport Clips, we also get love from the sponsor, Davis, Swoop Airlines with the Swoop Airlines Aerial Report. And normally that is breaking down the two quarterbacks that are going to play in a game. We can't do that for this game. We have to broaden the Swoop Airlines Aerial Report because there will be, we assume, three quarterbacks playing in this game. Maybe four quarterbacks playing in this game. We think Winnipeg is going to go with a dual quarterback system. We're not sure what quarterback for Saskatchewan will start, how healthy Cody Fajardo will be, how long he'll be able to play with a strained or torn oblique, depending on who you listen to and what you read. This is a sport that's all about the quarterbacks, and we're not sure which one is going to start under center after kickoff for each team. Have you ever seen something like this? I have not. So for those who don't know... Cody Fajardo, strained oblique. Uh, he had a CFL best, 4,302 passing yards this season, but in practice towards the end of the year, at some point hurt himself and then wasn't able to finish out the regular season. They had the bye, luckily, but we're not certain how much, if at all, he's going to be able to play or if it was just precautionary and with rest and treatment, he'll be back at the level that has him the MOP nominee out of the West. On the flip side, Zach Caleros is finally healthy in playing good football. Chris Traveler is not necessarily healthy, but he's still playing and playing good football. Injured, he played in sub packages, was able to run for 83 yards when everyone knew when he's in the game, he's more than likely going to run. Caleros was efficient 11 of 21 for 193 yards and a TD in their win over Calgary, but Strebler with torn ligaments in his ankle and a broken bone in his foot, he has been able to give them some value, even though he's no longer the starter. It might be a case of not even whose quarterbacks play better, but whose quarterbacks are left standing by the end of the game. Winnipeg's going to have the edge there because they have, they have two capable. I said last week I thought that Chris Trevely would play as, as, as much as 35% of the snaps. He's, he's a weapon in the playoffs, and he, he showed that. He influenced the game in a lot of different ways. 
you saw him him able on RPO action. Um, uh, a big run from Dembski, where, where he influenced he influenced the linebacker um, when he when he pre- pressed the edge and and the big hold the middle for that big run for Dembski. He just does a lot. One of the th- one of the things I love about about what uh, Chris Trevler brought to the table as well is is his decision making. You know, he, you can put him in the game, and they have put him in the game. And you know, it may be he might have a, a pass. You saw him on second and short. And he has a pass option. He drops back. He doesn't see anything. He doesn't take a loss. So he doesn't throw in a double coverage. He often tucks it and runs for, even if it's three yards or two yards. Dude, he doesn't take losses or turn the ball over. He's pretty, he's pretty uh, trustworthy in that sense as well. So no, Zach numbers weren't great. It is what it is. Uh, he gets credit for doing a great job of of managing the game. We hear that a lot out of Winnipeg. But he made big throws. A couple of those throws to Darvin Adams were were big time throws and and. Uh, He's even the week before he shows great anticipation in some of his throws. He could Zach can do that. He wasn't asked to do a lot uh, last week, and and you know for those who you know look at the game and oh my gosh Zach Caleros is back. I it just I don't I didn't see uh, I saw him do what he needed to do to win, and that and that's really all he needs to do at this at this point in time. And so that's uh, that's the situation in Winnipeg. That's a whole other story, buddy. That's uh, who knows what's how that's going to go down, and 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 uh, the whole the whole Cody for JJ situation. We'll have Jamie Nye on the podcast uh, coming up to help us break down how it's going to go down in Saskatchewan. But how it's gone down in Winnipeg, no one would have predicted. But the part that I wouldn't have predicted is the relationship between those two quarterbacks. You see them on the sideline, conversing with each other, going through reads, talking about what they're seeing. And maybe that is the motivation of the playoff bonus. If we continue to win, we continue to get paid, and I will look past my own selfish ambitions. Or maybe it's the fact that this team really has a chance to, to win a great cup. I think that is certainly in play. But the fact that Zach and Chris have handled the situation as good as you can ask, I am pleasantly surprised by in a sport that is at times dog eat dog. But even post game, both of them had comments directed at us in the media, but really directed at each other about how smooth a transition it has been. It is what it is. Things happen, and um, I was fortunate enough enough a month ago that I was traded there at the deadline uh, to this great organization with with these great teammates and. Um, it just so happens we're going back to the place that I started the year at. Yeah, and like, and I just want to touch on him. Like, we kind of talked about it earlier, but I just feel like I got to say, like, him coming in and just being able to fit in so seamlessly, seamlessly with our quarterback room. We have a really great room, and he fits in tremendously. And I'm just happy for him. He, he's had a crazy season and been through a lot. So, you know, it's just uh, we're just we're just happy. Yeah. Speaking of comments to the media. Andrew Harris spoke, or and maybe it was more notable what he didn't say. Did you see when he was asked about not getting enough votes to be the MOP? How big a deal was it to you that you weren't, uh, didn't get enough votes for the player? <laughs> Talk to these guys. Thanks, guys. And then walks off. And remember, he's going to be asked this all week because the guy who got the nomination in the West, Cody Fajardo, is in the game, and it's probably going to be a point of motivation for him I kind of feel like he was disciplined he sat out for the games he was told to sit out for and the media taking it in their own hands and 
deciding to punish him more by not acknowledging that he was the best player in the East is a bit high for me. Where where do you draw the line? Can you, if he's if he's the most outstanding player or Canadian in the Great Cup, can you not win that award either? Like where where where, where I was just <laughs> no, honestly, like how how they won't vote for him. They won't vote for him because I I have a rule. I'm gonna I'm gonna implement the same rule that the league does. What's that? that during the playoffs, you can't. Uh, announce any coaching coaching moves or oops during Grey Cup week you can't no- talk about any coaching moves or anything uh, until Grey Cup's over so all the focus is on the playoffs and the Grey Cup I'm not talking about any Andrew Harris awards during the Grey Cup week I, I put an impose on myself well I will talk about it and I think he is going to be very motivated I think that's the tangible can't be more did you play running back in, I did. in, in the CIS you, do you not do you, 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 know, you, you get don't, more motivated in a playoff game what else you get? what do you get? do you tie your shoes up tighter you don't, you don't think after I hate when people say that you, I'm going to get more motivated this is going to this is going to motivate them if it's a playoff game there's no motivation nothing changes what are you going to do so you don't think he was more motivated after John Bowman's comments about him you don't think that lit a fire under him? Reg- that was a regular season game. But but y- we're talking about the playoffs. Yes or no questions while you're on the witness stand. Okay. Yeah. Yes or no. Yes. Do you, Do you think? I'm so honest. See, I could you, just I could say no just to win my argument, but I'm I, I'm not. I'm I'm humble enough to just answer answer the question and be and, and be wrong in the argument. Do, do you think if he does play well and go off, mm-hmm. he's not gonna have a a Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me type of attitude when the media tries to come and boost them up about, oh, you're so good, whatever. You, you don't think he's going to have that stank face? 100%. 100% so, he will. So it can motivate him and his teammates, can it not? You can't be any more mo- – I'll repeat myself. You no. cannot be any more motivated than in a Western final than you already are. No, you can't. You, as David Sanchez, who was a professional who wanted to to get the ring and got it more than once. You can't, but other not everyone is cut from that cloth. Andrew's cut from that cloth. Okay. I'm not saying that, so it's two different things. You make a good point. You, you already answered your own question. I answered it the same way that you did. We have the same belief. After the game was over, would he be, would he feel an extra sense of, I told you so, or in your face, or... Whatever it may be, if he goes off in the playoffs and now those same reporters are coming to tell him how great he is as he leads his team to the Great Cup, yes. Is he gonna, Is that going to motivate him during the game to run harder, uh, to train harder, to run faster, to play better? No, it can't. You can't. There's only a, there's nothing else you can do in a, in a there's playoff. There's no 110%? No, nah, that's a, nah, And honestly, any of you guys say, I hate when people say that. I'm, say, I'm 100, 110%. No, it is not 110%. You can't do that. I also hate it. You probably catch me. You've heard me say that a lot of time. But when people say that I play every game the same, I play every game 100%. When I'm on the field, it's 100% every game. Stop lying. That's not real. That is not real. It's not real. That's so you're saying real. sometimes people play less than 100%? Yes. If if you play 100%, if you say you play 100% every time you're on the field, then you're probably not a real gamer. because. So you didn't play 100% every time you're on the field? Nope. Outside of preseason, we're talking about regular season. I will tell you this: in a game, in game eight, we're playing against a team that's two and six, and we're eight and zero, so that's game nine, and we're up by twenty-eight in the second half. I'm not 
running to get in on to get a shot on someone when there's three guys tackling him I'm not going to be the fourth one in there flying in to get an extra shot try to knock the ball out or try to get a lick in in the same situation in this in the eastern final I'm trying to get a lick in I'm going to be the fourth one in there to try to get a hit try to strip the ball try to do whatever I can do to get a piece of somebody um, I'm going to in the same situation in the Grey Cup if there's somebody who's running out of bounds and I know he's going to get out of bounds uh, I'm going to in the regular season I'm going to shoot him out of bounds as he's stepping out in the playoff I might dive five feet before the sideline just try to get my helmet on his quad just to get him once get him a shot like there's just there's just it's just not the same and if you it's just not true or I mean even my even my attention to detail is different in the playoffs like my attention to detail not that there's a difference DJ between and we're digressing here let's, no this is need, good this is real there's no there's a difference between I'm not out there not trying. Like, it's not, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be black or white. It's not, did you, you didn't play 100%. It's not like I went out there and didn't try. But, well, you know, my attention to detail on second and eight in with six minutes left in the Grey Cup in a tie game is different than it is in week two, second and eight, uh, you know, in an empty stadium at the Sky Dome. You know, and it just is. It is what it is. Like you can't for people to say that it's not. It's just it's it's ludicrous to me. And I have I talked to people I respect and I work with on uh, that are Hall of Famers, and you you know I mean my guys. I talked to them. We have we've had debates about this, and and people think it it people will have a opposing opinions on it. I mean it is I, everyone everyone has their own view, and I respect everyone's view. I just I just I cannot see how that's possible. I don't. I think this. I think you either don't you don't realize it. Or you're not willing to accept it. I, I don't think there's any way that you could possibly, it's possibly true. And I've, I stand really firm on that. So I wonder if it is position dependent. Uh, great. I said, I said the exact same thing in the argument. That's a great, I think a quarterback, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. the quarterback's a, a, a good one, right? Like a running back may say, well, I'm going to make a business decision. I'm going to run out of bounds. And then in May, yeah, in the fourth quarter, say I'm, I'm going for those yards. Or even... If I get it to a thousand yards, I'm getting this bonus. So guess what? I'm turning it upfield. So uh, great point. Exactly. Where, 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 where I, if you're an offensive lineman, you I don't think you can half step. Like if you do, you could get yourself hurt or somebody else hurt. So you have to play the same way. I, if you're a place kicker, you want those points. You're kicking the same I, way. Offensive lineman? No, I disagree with the offensive lineman part. You really? Yeah. Because the same thing. It's not like you're not trying. But you might let's so let's say you're not going to run to yeah. second level. Thank you, thank you. There you're just going to make your block and you then you're good. It. You might not sprint down 15 yards to get that extra piece that you might have gotten because if you know if you sprint down 15 yards, somebody might clip you from the side. If you're down, it's just not the. I'll tell you the one position that can do it, that can, that can say they play hard 100 percent of the time is a quarterback because you're playing hard is what spinning the ball. I mean, not you can. Duck out of bounds. You can slide, drop back and slide. All the things you might do regularly. Right. And if you convince yourself that you're playing 100%, because you decide the contact that you – the difference between the quarterback is that the contact that you endure during the game, for the most part of it, most part, you you can dictate it. Whether getting the ball out of your hands early so you don't get sacked or sliding. As a linebacker, if the ball – if they block it up right, and the guys coming ISO at you, you don't have a choice. You yeah. can't duck down yeah, yeah. as a defensive back. If they throw a quick hitch to me, to my guy, I don't have a choice whether to slide or not yeah. or step step out of bounds. i got to make the tackle. 
So I mean, I, it's I mean, I I can I can't say I'm I know how to turn it on and off. As a quarterback, you might not have to turn it on and off because you decide. Anyway, I, I mean, I didn't play at your level. It doesn't matter. But I I, I will say that I could not. Uh, turn up because I was not I was not afforded the talent to be able to do anything other than try and get all of my effort out to make up for my lack of athleticism. But that's the, to, to this very point is why I dislike and at times loathe recreational sports because everyone is doing an internal negotiation at all times at how hard or not hard they're going to play. And I'm not very good at that because you don't want to be the guy who's going, who's picking up full court in the basketball game, but you also don't want to be the guy who's getting Kobe 81 put on your head either. Oh, I'm picking up. <laughs> I'm 94 feet. I'm sliding. You're also keeping it 100, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, and this is also the waggle. And now joining the waggle is Jamie Nye, who covers the Riders for us here at CFL.ca, but also on his daily sports radio show, The Green Zone, on 980 CJME. And Jamie, I have a feeling I know what the topic is in the lead block. To end the show, it's Riders, Riders, Riders. At the best of times, especially this year, with their best shot to get to and potentially win a Grey Cup in a while. What is the the feeling of the, of the fan base right now? Well, it's an excited and surprised fan base, I have to say, because of what happened on play three of the regular season. Uh, the, the, on my show, it was pretty well season's over. If we make the playoffs, that would be great. Uh, but nobody was expecting anything, especially from Cody Fajardo at quarterback, who's been a career third stringer. So uh, the fact that they rattled off 13 wins and won 12 of their 14 games after a one and three start has a lot of in the Ryder nation thinking, well, a lot bigger things than they were thinking back in June, even maybe a, a trip to Calgary coming up here. And it's funny because to me the matchup is all about the quarterbacks, not just their play and their personal relationship, but their journeys to get here. And so why don't we do our Swoop Airlines aerial report with you since you've seen both of these guys up close and personal the matchup of just them, just them as quarterbacks, how do you assess and evaluate their games? Well, with, well, we'll have to wait and see if Cody Fajardo can even throw this week uh, at practice to get going, but uh, he can do so much uh, in the run game over 600 no, yards. No, Jamie, Jamie, time out. I'm, I got to cut in here. I got to cut in here. We, we Forget about what he can do. Let's get back to what you were about to go into because that's what matters here. What is going on with Cody Fajardo? We we asked the question, we heard him say last week that uh, he's playing, you know, whatever he's going to do, he'll be out there. Okay, that's fine. We I think you, me, and everyone else, we all understand that that's what you say when you're determined to, to be ready to play. But the reality is, if it is a torn oblique or a strained oblique or whatever it is, and he's not actually physically, if he can't physically do it, he's not going to be able to play. What, what are you hearing? What are you, uh, how are you feeling about it? And when will we, I know Wednesday's the first open practice, but uh, yeah, first of all, what are you hearing and what are you feeling? What's your sense? 
Well, we're going to see on, on Wednesday what the deal is with, with Cody Fajardo because uh, we've heard a bunch of different phrases. One day, Craig Dickinson said it was a tear, and then he was asked to clarify, and he backtracked and said it was a strain, and then we said a pull. Well, what, I, what I'm hearing is it's worse than the team's letting on. It usually is this time of year. Uh, Cody Fajardo has said, well, we'll tell you at the end of the year what it is, which even leads to probably more speculation that there might be uh, even a grade one tear uh, for a major league baseball pitcher would be 30 days minimum. And this is well within a 30 day window since that happened at practice a few weeks ago. So uh, we'll see if, if he can go out there Wednesday. All he's done is visualization and thrown a wiffle ball is as much as we've known up until this point. We could find we're going to find out a lot more. But even when Craig Dickinson was asked last week, he needs to see Fajardo throw by Thursday to even believe that he can play in the West final. So, yeah, that is going to be the big storyline leading in because this Ryder team, I think their hope is in the oblique muscle of uh, Cody Fajardo because the, the way that bomber defense played against Bo Levi Mitchell – I'd have a hard time believing Isaac Harker is going to be able to do much better. Yeah, we uh, will see on Wednesdays. Is Wednesday the open practice? Wednesday's open. Thursday's closed. And Thursday was the day, too, that uh, Craig Dickinson said he wanted to see him throw. So uh, then Friday's open again. So it might not be until Friday when we see for ourselves if he can throw. This seems like the last year when Zach Kalaros was – is he going to play? Is he not going to play with a concussion? And they went with Brandon Bridge. It's, it's uh, deja vu, but that's bad news for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say if I don't if I don't see him throwing, or if you guys who are out there in Regina don't see him throwing on Wednesday, I'm gonna say it's highly doubtful he plays because we're not gonna see on Thursday. If he wasn't gonna play, he would likely uh, likely not not show on Thursday, not say anything on Thursday. We wouldn't see him Wednesday, so it's gonna be hard. And then Friday could be a walkthrough day, really. So if we don't see Wednesday, I think it's it's doubtful. But uh, well, what can you tell me or tell us about about Isaac Harker? Uh, I know there's there's got to be some sense of optimism because that's that's who you got. But uh, is there, has he shown anything uh, with the sample size? Anything that uh, leads us or his teammates to believe what is why he get it done? Well, he won a game last week. Uh, it was a must-win game for the Rough Riders against Edmonton. Now Edmonton, I, of course, rested a lot of starters, but. He was good enough uh, to win that game, but he also believed not so much in Isaac Harker, but the supporting class, uh, the supporting group around him, with William Powell and Naaman Roosevelt and Emmanuel Arsenault and Shaq Evans came on. Kyron Moore is a big play guy. The offensive line is a very good offensive line. So, the supporting cast around Isaac Harker is one where you start to go, okay, if he can manage the game and get by. Uh, and the, because it's a strong defense too, that he could pull out a 20 to 17 win in the West Final. But if he has to score 30 points against the Bomber defense, like the Calgary Stampeders would have had to do to win that West semifinal, I don't give the Riders much of a shot with Isaac Harker at quarterback. I mean, I really love this matchup. Not only is it a Prairie rivalry for the chance to go into Calgary um, and and be the, the quote-unquote home team for the Grey Cup, but also the storylines with the quarterbacks are so fascinating. I'm really interested to see what type of reception Zach Caleros is going to get, but if you would have told Riders fans over the last couple of years that Zach Caleros is going to be in a playoff game 
in Regina, and he is the quarterback that everyone knows is going to be healthy. Um, they, they would have they would have been pretty surprised if they end up having their season ended by Zach Caleros. Is it not going to feel in a way like this team once again is is yet cursed? Well, it, 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 we we went around and you look at the last two times the Rough Riders have finished first in the West. In 1976, they lose the Grey Cup in Ottawa. Tony Gabriel wide open in the end zone, and it's a walk-off touchdown as nobody covered Tony Gabriel. That is a horrible moment in rider history. The last time they did it was 2009, and we know what happened in 2009, the 13th man at the end of that Grey Cup. So if they get first in the West again, and their quarterback gets hurt, and the quarterback they traded away that could have been a good insurance policy once he got healthy behind Cody Fajardo, and Zach Caleros comes in with the Bombers as their insurance policy and beats him in the West Final. I don't know if Ryder fans are ever going to want to finish first in the West ever again uh, from what has happened, because that's going to be the storyline. If Zach Caleros comes in and wins, there's going to be a lot of people fuming that they traded Zach Kalaros when they could have kept him on the roster as the backup, as the insurance policy, just in case. Instead, they went with Isaac Harker from the Colorado School of Mines and Brian Bennett, who they brought over from the Bombers, who has as much throwing experience in the CFL as Cody Fajardo has up until this point of their career. So they might be open to criticism, but there's a, there wasn't a lot of people that thought Zach Kalaros would ever play football again after what Simone Lawrence did to him on play three. And he may very well see Simone Lawrence in the Grey Cup uh, if he, in fact, is able to get Winnipeg there past the Riders. I love the Riders fans because the CFL is better when the Riders are relevant. And either way, you, you said it perfectly, uh, no matter what the scenario, either they go to the Grey Cup in Calgary, uh, you know, Dickinson is in his brother's city with his team about to win the Grey Cup potentially, or uh, people then now look to reverse engineer how they use their quarterbacks at the start of the year and the fact that Zach Caleros is no longer there. It's going to be fascinating to watch and it's going to be fascinating, I'm sure, for you to cover. Thanks so much for breaking it down with us. Oh, this is the matchup of all matchups, right? It is Bombers, Riders, Labor Day, uh, juiced up. It is going to be a spectacular atmosphere on Sunday and I can't wait for kickoff to see it all play out. The home team between these two teams won all three meetings this season. I said last week that I don't know how much home field advantage matters in the playoffs in Canada. It's cold everywhere. You're playing outdoors everywhere aside from BC. It is one and the same. I do think that at Mosaic, it does matter that that fan base and how loud they get can actually make a difference am i wrong you're not wrong that's uh no that's that's one of the toughest places in the league to play that's home field is home field baby especially in the playoffs there's not a there's not a crowd anywhere in this league that's not gonna uh, make a difference in the playoffs and, and mosaic is as rowdy as it gets so yeah it makes a big difference and especially if you end up having to lean on William Powell or lean on Isaac Harker 
or a banged up Cody Fajardo you want to be able to protect and you want to be able to um, get after Zach Caleros and then that, that you know the silent count and and getting a jump is important that's all crowd uh, influenced so yeah we'll see I mean it's uh it, it's all to me this is all about the quarterbacks and once we find out what the situation is with Cody Fajardo but as uh, we found out last week they can't get it done with Isaac Harker it's just going to be more William Powell and it's got to be three phases everyone they can't do it without their special teams making plays without their defense getting turnovers if they don't have Cody Fajardo if they do they can you know the offense has the opportunity to carry the game if the defense or special teams lets them down BC Lions does have the quarterback. They are now trying to figure out everything else, and that includes the head coaching position. After some words from our sponsor, we will break that down. But next on the Waggle Podcast, I want to talk to you a little bit about our friend's pendant farm. Because kickoff can mean the start of a great time with your buddies. It may mean the start of a family ritual. And for some, it may be addressing the bumps and bruises that come from playing a great game. You may end up with some damage to your knees, although participating in high-contact sports like football can increase the risk of sustaining a knee injury and the possibility of developing osteoarthritis later in life. Even spectators sitting on the sidelines can suffer the same sore knees as football players. For many people, bad knees are just another consequence of the wear and tear of aging. But for some people, the walking, running, twisting, and turning our knees are subject to every day begin to take a toll. Whether it's from a game of pickup, football with the guys, or carrying the groceries up the steps, our knees are constantly under pressure, which can lead to the development of conditions such as osteoarthritis. Described as a result of the body's failed attempt to repair damaged joint tissues, Osteoarthritis is the most common type of arthritis, affecting nearly 5 million Canadians. That's one in six. One of the first signs of OA is knee pain that worsens following exercise or immobility. Treatment begins with a diagnosis. To learn more about osteoarthritis of the knee and treatment options, visit kneepainrelief.ca. The information in this podcast about osteoarthritis of the knee is intended for informational purposes only and is in no way intended to substitute for professional medical advice, to contradict medical advice given, or for medical care of any kind. So we heard from Jamie Nye. He broke down the riders in their situation. You had a rule that you're not going to talk about anything outside of playoffs during the playoffs, which I'm going to try and make you break. Uh, and last week you said, you know where Rick Campbell's going, although you weren't going to say where. And then Twitter then speculated as to where you were talking about. And also Devon Claybrooks was let go of his role as a head coach in BC. Team started one in 10. They went on a four-game winning streak towards the end of the season, end up with a 5-13 and record. Are you surprised that Devon Claybrooks is no longer the head coach of the BC Lions after one year? Yes, I am surprised. I, I, yeah, I thought that you usually get two years. Unless something goes terribly bad, relationship with GM, relationship with the city, off-the-field issues, locker rooms turning on you. Unless one of those three or four things happen, usually you're afforded at least a second year. 
uh, especially with the, with the turnover on that roster like we saw. So I, I was surprised. Uh, was this about him or his staff? Staff. And I don't, I don't know if his staff was uh, did a great job, did a poor job. I don't know that because I'm not in the room to see who prepared what and what was done. Uh, but all the conversation that you hear is always goes back to he didn't pick. I mean, even I mean, I'd even said it. I think like the staff. Uh, you know, I think he talked about. Um, you know, or I, I don't know if Ed said because I don't remember if he said. Well, it. he said Has he, he said is going to be involved in picking, in picking the staff. His staff, right? Which basically tells you that he didn't like the way that it was picked. So, look, you, Devon hired guys that he was familiar with, younger guys, guys he played with, guys that were current to the game. Was he wrong for that? I don't know. His reason for doing it. I understand. He wanted guys that could that could relate. He wanted uh, guys who were current to the game. Maybe that was, that was one of the best options out there. So uh, the reality is when you do that, though, you're putting yourself in the line of fire because if it doesn't work, the first thing that people that don't know any better are going to point at is your staff. We don't know. Like For us to say – for us to say, yeah, well, his, didn't, his assistants didn't do a good job, and that's why that thing he did it bad. That was dumb of him to hire so many young guys or new new young guys in coaching. That was dumb of him. You can't really you could say that, but you're speculating because neither me, you, or anyone else knows what happened in the meeting rooms and how they were prepared or they were unprepared. Unless the players said, unless the players said, yep, agree. Uh, unless it, so, so maybe maybe all the problems that they had are because of 75-year-old defensive coordinator Rich Stubler. <laughs> I mean, I'm, my point is that right. he has 45 years of experience. Exactly. So we don't know what the reason why they struggle. It could be because of him, or it could be from a guy who's his first-year coaching. Right. So there's no – you just by doing that, by hiring those guys, though, you're opening yourself up for ridicule, uh, and that's what everyone's going to go to when it doesn't work. Speaking of opening yourself up, the other thing that happens when you – let go of a coach after one year is now if it doesn't go the way it's planned the sites are not set on the next coach they're set on Ed Hervey because you hired a coach and quickly you pivoted from that decision so now if the next staff doesn't win it's it's can't just be about the staff you also put the players in place, but you have hired the two coaches, so so you have to be culpable in that decision. I already, and listen, Waggle listeners, I am doing this for you, all right? I'm already pushing Davis to talk about stuff he doesn't want to talk about. So before we end the podcast, give me one more. Give, just give me one more, because you have all that knowledge in there that we want you to share with us. Do you know who the head coach in BC is going to be? I do. Okay. All right. We're just going to leave it there. Oh, oh, you, oh, the li- the Lions. Well, I, I wasn't asking you about uh, the Whitecaps. No, no, no. I, I, sorry. I know, I know there's a, a, a minor, in Surrey minor football, the Surrey Bears, they actually have, are looking for a new head coach. When you said BC, I thought you were talking about a team this in the guy, lower mainland. I was talking about that. So, no, this the, guy's the BC a, Lions head coach, I have no idea. This guy's a jerk. Um, that is the Waggle podcast. I don't believe him that he doesn't know who the head coach is going to be. You can decide for yourself. Uh, this has been fun. Enjoy the games this weekend. <laughs> <laughs>